0: Welcome to On Purpose, a podcast designed for all women that want to live this one messy, hard, fun, challenging, and exciting life we've been given on purpose and with intention. It is our heartfelt belief that women do that better when we're together, better when we are connected, better when we learn from each other. Each episode, you'll be hearing from Elizabeth and a guest on a variety of ways that we can be more intentional with our lives. We hope to inspire you and encourage you as we engage together On Purpose. Here's your host, Elizabeth Pearson. Here we are again. Thank you for listening to On Purpose. We are so grateful for our listeners, and we always love hearing from you. So please reach out with any feedback or future topics you'd like to have covered. And as always, if you like what you hear, please share it with others and give us a positive review. Now, this episode is another first for us. It's being recorded at the beach in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And the irony of our topic today and my location at the beach is not lost on me. Have you ever heard the quote, without darkness, there is no light? As I sat in the dark each morning and I watched the sunrise turn the night into day, I would have to agree with that statement. Maybe you have to know the darkness before you can appreciate the light. And similarly, maybe you have to know the hectic, hardworking, strenuous, fast pace of life to appreciate the quiet calm, serene, relaxed, and peaceful rhythm of the beach. Today, we're going to talk about something that I believe impacts the majority of us, particularly those of us that live in suburbia, and that is that we are busy. Busy. Because you said yes. Because you said yes. I recently heard this acronym for busy, and I've been thinking about it ever since. Women tell me all the time how busy they are, how exhausted they are, how little time they have for themselves. This is a true story. I had one woman ask to meet with me so I could help her manage her overwhelmed, busy life. And the first date she had available was six weeks out. That is what my dad used to call being busier than a one arm paper hanger. I always thought he was so corny when he said that, but we as a culture are so busy that we have all kinds of other idioms and expressions for our busyness. Think about it. The accountants are all swamped. It's tax season. Oh, with finals this week, my kids are too slammed to go out. He's up to his neck or his eyeballs and paperwork. She has too many irons in the fire to take that on. My mom was busy as a bee around the holidays, or some would say busy as a beaver, And when my kids were younger and we'd be out in public, people would feel the need to stop me all the time, no matter where we were, and say, gosh, you must have your hands full. Or another way of saying that is your plate must be full. I'll never forget the time we had six kids, seven and under, and my oldest son in his raspy little voice innocently asking me, mama, why does everyone always say that to us? And I just looked at him and I said, son, I have no idea. Although people refer to my plate being full because we have eight children, the truth is we all have proverbial plates. Now, I happen to think there isn't anything wrong with having a full plate. Jesus himself said that he came so that we could have life and have it to the full. And personally, when I get to heaven, I want to come in on two wheels out of breath. I want my life to be lived to the fullest, living out what I was called to do, what I was created for. I want our plates to be full of things that make us come alive instead of draining us. Full of people and things that are important to us, that we value. Commitments that we look forward to and not dread. Meaningful to-dos rather than just trivial checklists. Things we want to run to and not run from. Plates that are catalysts for purpose, for impact, and for our own personal growth. Somehow, though, we tend to get bogged down in the urgent instead of the important, and we often can find our days filled with busyness that amounts to little. How many times have you asked someone how they are, and their immediate response is, busy, oh, I'm just so busy. It's a weird dichotomy to me because many of us wear our busyness like a badge of honor, yet often complain about our busy schedules. How busy we are, and how we have no time for what we actually want to do, what we desire. Yet, hundreds of years ago, when people had to grow their own food and make their own clothes and hand wash their own laundry, they still had time to sit on their front porch and rock. They had margin to go help build somebody's barn that was burned down. They had time for family. They had time for connection. They had time for community. And that was in a day and age without all these time-saving conveniences we have today. Now, my goal isn't to tell you that you need to move out to the country to live at a slower pace. It's not to convince you to take all of your commitments and all of your appointments off the calendar. I simply want to encourage you to do some evaluating to see what makes you busy, what consumes your time, seeing what and who you have said yes to. And then on days when you are completely overwhelmed or on days when you wonder why you don't have time to do the things that you want to do or time for the things that you claim matter the most to you, my hope is that this little acronym will come to your mind and you will remember, oh, yeah, it's because you said yes to something. To the parent that tells me their child is spoiled, I have to ask the valid question, who is spoiling them? And in the same way, to the person that tells me they are so busy, I have to ask the reasonable question who is controlling your calendar? Asking ourselves well founded questions is a great place to start. I love good questions that lead to awareness, that lead to admission. Although we all have the same 24 hours in a day, we are all different people in different seasons of life with different responsibilities and different personalities. So it's important to ask yourself, what size is my plate? What size is my proverbial plate? You see, some of you are big plate people, almost like a platter. You can handle lots of things at once, a lot of balls in the air. You have lots of energy. And some of you, no, you're not a platter. Your plate looks more like the size of a salad plate. And some of you might have an even smaller dinner roll plate. You can handle only a few things at a time. Your plate's not very big and you tend to focus more on one thing at a time. There's nothing wrong with that. God wired you that way. I have a friend that once asked me, hey, Elizabeth, what size is even smaller than a dinner roll plate? And I love her for that because she knows who she is. I found that the key is to know yourself. Know the size of your plate. Know your temperament, your energy level, your capacity. And then, This is important. Do not compare your plate size to someone else. Do not get tempted to compare your plate size to someone else. Once you know the size of your plate, the next logical question to ask is What's on my plate? What is currently consuming my time? And as a visual, you can even take a paper plate and make a pie chart of how you spend your time. Think of your commitments, your volunteer roles your work, how much time you spend exercising, kids' activities, leisure activities, watching TV, scrolling social media, even sleeping. Speaking of social media, I would even encourage you to pull out your phone and look at your screen time. I think many of you would be amazed at the amount of time you spend on your phone without even realizing it, without even realizing it. We need to be honest with ourselves and evaluate the things that are filling our time. Are they the best yeses for us right now, today, in this season of life, in this stage of our lives? Just because things are permissible, it doesn't mean that they are beneficial. And just because it's on your calendar doesn't mean it needs to be. Maybe you need to scale back on your volunteer commitments right now. Maybe money is tight and you need to take some things off your plate to help ease the financial burden. Maybe you need to spend less time on your leisure activities or hobbies because your aging parents need more of your time. We only have 24 hours in a day, and when our plates get too full, we will have to choose to cheat something. And the question is, what will that be? What will that be? For some of us, if we don't take the time to assess our schedules periodically, we won't even recognize what is being cheated and what is suffering. We cannot overlook the fact that our lives are made up of single days. And ultimately, whether we want to admit it or not, we trade our time for things we value. We trade our time for things we value. What does your time say that you value? My dad used to tell me, give me your calendar and give me your checkbook, and I can tell you what's important to you. And he's right. Are you willing to take a good hard look at your calendar and your checkbook? Are you willing to take a good hard look at the things you have said yes to? Now, I certainly understand that there are some exceptions to this. Things that have been handed to us or put on our plates that we didn't ask for, like caring for an aging parent or a health scare, an accident or an injury. And hopefully those are just for a season, but that's not what I'm talking about today. What I'm talking about is that for the most part, we are ultimately in charge of our own calendars. We choose what to put on it and how much to put on it. And that includes our children. What we allow them to do impacts us. If you have them in multiple activities and you're the one paying for it and getting them to and from, that impacts you and the rest of your family, as well as your calendar and your checkbook. Because we are all so different. I'm sure there are a number of reasons we end up in a rut of busyness. And I want to look at a few of them. For instance, some people might have severe FOMO. And every time you have an opportunity to do something, you say yes. And without even looking at your week as a whole, the next thing you know, your calendar is full five straight nights. And if that's you, I recommend using a weekly or a monthly calendar instead of just looking to see if you are free that day or that night. I actually use all three calendars. I have a daily, a a weekly, and a monthly, but my monthly calendar is the most beneficial when it comes to protecting my time and the time of my family. For some of us people-pleasers, we quickly get busy because we fear saying no as to not disappoint someone and let them down. So instead, we say a reluctant yes, even when it is not our best yes. And something that's helped me with this is asking myself, Why am I tempted to say yes to this? Why am I wanting to say yes to this? It's important for me to check my motives. Yes, I love to help people, but if it is an unenthusiastic yes, it is only taking my time away from my best yeses, the best use of my time. Now, for others of you listening, you might intentionally be putting things on your calendar to keep yourself so busy in order to avoid what really needs your attention. And for you, the important question to ask is, what am I seeking to avoid? What am I using busyness to escape from? For those of you that haven't taken a hard look at your calendar recently, and this concept is new to you, you might have said yes to something in a different season of life, even maybe just a year ago, and it was good for you then, but it's no longer serving you. It's no longer your best yes. So for you, your action step might be to actively assess what's on your plate right now and confirm whether or not it still needs to be there. And then put it on your calendar to make sure you reevaluate it every six months or so. It's not a one and done. It needs to be reoccurring. Another thing that keeps us busy with the wrong kind of busy that I see happening comes from keeping up with the Joneses. And I don't necessarily mean financially. That's not what I'm talking about. I think we can often get caught up in what everyone else is doing and think we have to do it in the same way too. Everyone else's kids are in preschool. Oh, mine need to be there too. Everyone else's kids are playing all the sports. I guess mine should as well. Travel sports? Oh gosh, well, I certainly don't want them to get behind. One year after evaluating and talking to my mentor, I pulled my kids out of preschool when I realized Just that simple driving to and from preschool all the time was causing multiple hours a day in the car that was adding stress to our family schedule. And I have a friend that has four girls and money was tight. And as hard as it was, she pulled all of them out of all of their activities and all of their sports for one full year. And guess what? They survived and were even able to play high school sports later on. Imagine that. They didn't get behind. It actually bonded them as a family. That was their best yes as a family for that year. And one more thing I want to mention, I think we have become so accustomed to living at the mercy of the requests of others that come our way each day, particularly for women. Every assignment somehow feels like our assignment. Oh, you need me? You asked me? You picked me? You think I would do a great job? Then yes, absolutely. And if you struggle with this, a great question to ask yourself about any potential involvement is, can someone else do it? Can someone else fill this role? Can someone else take this on? When we ask that question, it helps us determine our priorities. For instance, I am the only wife David has. I am the only one that can take care of my health. I am the only mom my kids will ever have prioritize the things that only you can do first. Now, that's not to say you won't be called to do something outside your family, but it does help us start prioritizing. When I started the exchange like seven, eight years ago, it's because I knew in my heart that God wanted me to do this. I've been praying about it for years. It was laid on my heart, not somebody else's. So what is yours and yours only to do? Whatever that is, start there. Regardless of why you are busy or what's on your plate, it's important to take a look at what you have said yes to in this season of your life and then ask yourself if there is anything else lacking right now. Is there anything else lacking right now? What is not on your plate that needs to be? What needs more of your attention? Maybe it's your marriage, one of your children, your work, your home. Your health, whatever it is that's popping in your mind right now, what is your best yes today in this season of life? When we don't live our best yes by not choosing the best decisions, lots of things suffer. Our family time, our attitude, our stress levels, our energy levels, attention to friends and family, our bodies, lots of things suffer, but it's our souls that suffer the most. It's super important to know that a person who lives with the stress of an overwhelmed schedule will often ache with the sadness of an underwhelmed soul. I want to repeat that again. It's super important to know that a person who lives with the stress of an overwhelmed schedule will often ache with the sadness of an underwhelmed soul. It's not what you do that makes you tired. It's what you don't do. If you have an underwhelmed soul right now searching for something and you don't even know what it is, get busy finding your best yes or your best yeses. Because with a best yes comes energy, comes excitement, and often more time. When you are doing what you were created to do, you have an enthusiasm surrounding it. You know why? Because enthusiasm literally means God within. God within. Whatever that is that brings such excitement and enthusiasm, say yes to that. Say yes to what brings you life. How we spend our days, how we spend our time, how we spend our souls matters. It matters. I don't want us to go through another year of our lives so locked into Groundhog's Day, living on repeat day in and day out, that we haphazardly spend our days and therefore our souls. We have to flip our thinking, flip our technique, even if it's countercultural, even if no one gets it, just like Dick Fosbury. Let me tell you about Dick Fosbury. Dick was a track and field athlete in the 1960s. And to give you some background, the high jump was created in 1896. And for almost 70 years, everyone jumped the high jump in the exact same way. Why? Well, because that's how everyone else was doing it. And just like we often do the same things culturally and location-wise and who we spend the most time with, we do things with little thought just because that's the norm around us. And everyone at the time was jumping in almost a sitting position trying to get their legs up and over the bar. And then one day, Fosbury decided it was just not working for him. He was angry, frustrated, and tired of it not working. So he made an adjustment that would work best for him. He would go head first with his back clearing the bar, almost like a reverse belly flop. And it was so wildly successful that it won him the gold medal in 1968. And since then, nearly everyone has adopted his technique known as the Fosbury flop. He made an adjustment that was best for him. What if we could make some adjustments in our schedules that would set us up for success to reflect the kind of life we want to live? so that our days add up to a fulfilled end result we want to have. And not just busy days that leave us feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, and unsatisfied. Next time you find yourself busy, I want you to pause and see what you said yes to. And if it is something or someone that excites you, fills you up, has meaning and purpose, then by all means pursue that. Stay the course. Leave it on your calendar. But if it is overwhelming you, exhausting you, and taking away from what matters most in your life, it's time to make an adjustment, just like Dick Fosbury. Now, we like to close each episode with asking the question, what is one thing you can do on purpose in this area that we're talking about? So today, what is one thing you can do on purpose in this area of time management, this area of managing your plate? What's on your calendar, your appointment, your schedules? And I would say a great place to start would be asking the important questions we talked about earlier and then not just stopping there. We have to then make an adjustment or adjustments. And because we trade our time for the things that we value, it's important to get busy spending our minutes, our hours, and our days living a life that reflects that. I'm so glad you said yes to this podcast today, and we hope you will share it with a busy friend. And as always, we hope you will join us next time on Purpose.